Hey, welcome back to New Rockstars. I'm Philip Molina and this is Tommy Bechtold. Hey, and look what he brought cheers. me. He brought me beer. This is Big Question. It's our Q&A show where we drink a little bit and then we give you way too much information <laughs> about some nerdy questions. And Tommy's filling in for Eric this week because yes. Eric finally has a vacation day. Congratulations, Eric. And congratulations to me. Sure. Yes. And what did I do to deserve this? Let's find <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, guys, so on this show, we uh, we assign each other nerdy questions to start mm -hmm. with, and then we get to your questions later in the show. Tommy assigned me a question this week that I feel like is more a cry for help. Could be. Yeah. Most of my questions are, literally, help me. <laughs> yeah. How can question. you help me? May you help me. Yes, yes, yes. Great. My question's a little deeper, Philip. Uh, we know Harley Quinn is Dr. Harley Quinzel, a uh, noted psychotherapist, but we know she's a little cray-cray, so I need you to tell me, what is Harley Quinn's specific medical diagnosis? And you need to know this for a friend who has very similar tendencies. Yeah, for a friend named Bommy Techtold. <laughs> Bommy Techtold is the robot version of you. Um, okay, so first of all, uh -huh. this is a legit disclaimer that I felt was important to acknowledge uh -huh. uh, as we attempt to. I'm already getting feeling. Yeah, yeah no, I like that. As we attempt to explain and diagnose Harley Quinn's mental illness, yeah. uh, I want to note neither of us are doctors. No. Though it does say doctor on my check, and I'm not kidding. My checkbook it says doctor. Is that, doctor, is that true? Um, yeah, and it gets you into a lot of places. Interesting. <laughs> places you enter with a check. I went to the stock market today. I did a business. Can I see some ID? Here's my checkbook. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Right this way, doctor. I think that's how this we met. This boy needs you. Yeah, I think you were remember, I had I had a hurt. I, I, I had a hurt leg and I said, I need a doctor. And yeah, you showed me your checkbook. With the, with the checkbook. Here's the point. We should not be diagnosing anyone no. with a real mental illness. If no. you at home are wondering if we're diagnosed and you do not apply mm -hmm. what we are saying no. to your own thing. Ever. Uh, this is only because Harley Quinn is a fictional character yes. uh, in the vein of uh, Police Chief Wiggum or Tommy yeah. Bechtold. Like I've uh, recently diagnosed Grimace with seasonal depression disorder. Exactly. And because that's, that's he's always grimacing. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to attempt to figure out why she acts the way she does based on her mental health, but uh, only because she's fictional. Is that okay right. for us fictional doctors to yeah, do? Don't turn to your closest friend and diagnose them with something after this, although I might. Am I your closest friend in proximity? I diagnose you with handsomeness. Oh, <laughs> uh, the medical... In a body uh, that won't disease. quit. <laughs> uh, my body quit on me a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but guys... There are some very specific answers once you start plugging things in. And actually, I consulted with my therapist, who is very overpaid. Mm. Uh, to, but I, I got some money worth. I ran some symptoms by him. Ah. Uh, and also, did you just pretend to, to be Harley Quinn during this? Yes. I said, I I'm had some urgent this guy questions. He was a bit of a clown. Uh, it's the only way I could get him urgently <laughs> enough. And he said, What's happening? I, I'm missing the birth of my child for this. Uh, and I said, Hey, Shug! <laughs> Uh, and he was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. It's your stupid nerd job. And I was like, this is why you're a great therapist. I put it out there also what people thought she was suffering from. Mm. Uh, and the most common response I got back was Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, sure. Uh, which you're very familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. you go to Stockholm and uh, freak out a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the syndrome. So, uh, But in reality, it's a disorder where an abductee bonds with or shows an express loyalty mm. toward their captors in an effort to... Um, maybe make their ordeal kind of pass more nicely, oh, but then I don't it, think that's real though because you've had me here for five years and I yeah. think you're great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here in Stockholm. Uh, oh. 
But wait a second. This is this is a real thing though because yeah. oh, yes. uh, famously Patty Hearst is yeah, probably I was the most say, yes, famous example the of that. Could... Actually, uh, running this through uh, my therapist, Doctor Philip Molina, he pointed out that it's not Stockholm syndrome because she wasn't held captive by the Joker. Mm. A lot of people think, well, no, in their relationship, she she might as well mm. be captive. It's very important to distinguish that in Stockholm syndrome, it's actually that's how you start your relationship is they've captured gotcha. you and then you start to at first cope by trying to make it a more pleasant experience mm. and then slowly it becomes into some sort of love like mm. uh, situation so she doesn't have Stockholm syndrome but there is something similar that I will get to that super explains mm. what she does have mm. um, and what you have yes um, and from, what Belle from Beauty and the Beast has yes exactly something there that wasn't there before what else is she suffering from uh, Belle yeah. she reads too much her eyes have to be shot from reading all that <laughs> tiny print I was thinking bestiality. <laughs> oh, and she lets a dog man get on top of her yeah. and go to town. <laughs> but also reads too much, bookworm. Um, so now we're starting to get to some uh, things that are more likely, uh, at least probably on her diagnosis chart mm. through various ages, specifically borderline personality disorder, or BPD. Mm. It's a pretty common one. It's a mental illness, uh, or it's more common at least, marked by an ongoing pattern of varying moods, changing self-image, and rapidly changing behavior. Mm. These symptoms often result in impulsive actions and problems in your relationships. Bingo, that sounds like Harley Tommy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's you and me, baby. Yeah, we do have a volatile relationship, <laughs> but in like a loving way. Yeah, it's we, right? we either love each other a little or we love each other a ton. It's all volatile, but it's on a love scale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're uh, loving me a very little right now. Yeah, you're covered in love marks all over your back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there, so this also um, shows up in women in their 20s and 30s, mm. uh, which makes sense there, and obviously would also have been exacerbated by what was in Arkham. Uh, the reason why this kind of does fit Harley Quinn is because the people that uh, suffer from this, they obsess over their role in the world, mm. and they rapidly change both their interests and their values to serve some sort of new role. So mm. a lot of these people suddenly reinvent themselves completely, mm. which obviously Dr. Harleen Quinzel yeah. is very different from from who Harley Quinn very suddenly uh, sure, seems sure, to be. Yeah. What's funny about that, though, is if I think about it for a second, it seems like that's what every superhero or supervillain yeah, does. Yeah, they kind of have to. They, they suddenly go from mild-mannered Steve Rogers into Captain America. Yeah, and well, he his was at least done like through a Vitamins sauna and exercise. or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> an infrared machine, sauna. right? <laughs> a cryo uh, chamber. But like uh, uh, Catwoman in, in Batman Forever oh, or whatever, for where sure, she like lands yeah. hard, and now she's like, eh, now yeah. I I drink milk with my cats, and like yeah. for some reason. So she probably also has BPD. Yeah. But very famously, Harley Quinn changed herself mm -hmm. totally to serve this role as the mm -hmm. Joker's uh, girlfriend. Um, and then they also are very focused on the possibility of being abandoned, mm. which, again, famously a Harley Quinn Joker thing of, is he going to leave her? Mm -hmm. uh, has she been dumped? This emancipation storyline in this movie um, clearly is like a reaction to being dumped. Mm -hmm. And then they also have really rapid uh, physical and intense uh, and emotional relationships, mm -hmm. and then they suddenly cut people off entirely or emancipate themselves. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Harley Quinn probably has BPD, mm -hmm. but... Not it's not that's not sexy enough. No, you know, like no. that's not enough to explain being essentially a, a terrorist. Yeah, and the cool, that dramatic shift, and the fact that she stayed bad. You know, it wasn't like a phase or a fleeting thing that she was able to recognize. Yeah, a change in herself. She well, chose to continue to be Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, and also we probably know people with BPD. Like I, I know I know a few people. That, oh, you that think been, you do? 
Are you doing a sudden change in your tone? Oh, there's not a sudden change. I'm Shaz now, <laughs> and this is how I act, and I tell it like it is. No, I know people that have it, and they're not criminals. No. So that probably doesn't totally explain it, but mm, mm. I feel like I got it. Yeah. What she actually has that is specific to Harley Quinn, and there's two diagnoses here that are only her. She's the only person that I could think of that has these and explains a lot of these things. One is histrionic personality disorder. Ooh. Do you know the histrionic tendencies? I've heard of histrionics, yes. So you, you've done theater and yes. you've done acting stuff. Histrionic often is referring to like, honestly, just like really bad acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like that over the top, over Almost theatrical. Pushed to an emotional level that doesn't even feel real anymore. Like over laughing, yeah. over crying. Give over... us some histrionic acting. Jacob, in my house? <laughs> Is that your complicated O face too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not complicated, but it is. Take up in my house. Uh, that's histrionics, right? Yes. That's the idea of of this over the top acting or overly performative. Mm -hmm. uh, but and now imagine that applying to just the way you approach life, where you're performing as if you're some insane level character, oh, yeah. where everything is over the top. You're you're very extreme with everything that you do, and you're looking to show off intense drama. <laughs> and then I think it's really interesting to think about the idea of her becoming Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. What does she choose to look like? But a clown. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, people are like, "Well, it's inspired by the Joker," but the Joker's look actually is not just straight up clown. Mm -hmm. However, Harley Quinn's look is straight up yeah. court jest. Jester, yeah. Right. And so she actually is embodying a clown. Clowns are the most direct example of histrionic performance. Mm. With Think about what they paint on their faces, right? These extreme smiles, yeah. extreme sadness with yeah. a little teardrop or anything. Oh, yeah. So she's choosing to embody this thing that is built on extreme emotions. Wow. But... I'm uh, proud of you. This is great. <laughs> oh, this is a big question. This, this is, is really what we good. do. I know, but I just this is very this is fascinating. <laughs> when we get to your questions now, I'm very concerned about how much effort you put into your yeah, answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mine will be fine. <laughs> we'll cut this real quick. <laughs> we'll cut this episode. <laughs> a comet, a crater <laughs> heading right towards us. Ah! Did you say a crater was heading right for us? I might have. I thought I said a comet. <laughs> and then you said a crater. Oh. A hole aimed right at us. A giant crater? <laughs> that's how exists. I met you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were a hole aimed, aimed my right at you. <laughs> Your crater was aimed, pointing right at my face. Um, so, but also when we first meet her, wait, think way back in Suicide Squad, what she's doing, right? Mm. She's doing that kind of like trapeze show. Yeah, she's in, in a prison cage. cell that has a Cirque show built up. Right. She's literally, but she turned it into that, right? She turned right. it into a big over-the-top performance, mm -hmm. but she's just in a prison cell. Now, in this movie, we know that she has these fantasies. Mm -hmm. And so, realistically, in Suicide Squad, in her head, she might have been part of a show at that moment. Uh, and instead, in real life, obviously, she's just, like, you know, using sheets, um, as you do in a prison cell, mm -hmm. to put on a trapeze show. That's the only reason and nothing people else. ever tie sheets together <laughs> yeah. in a prison cell. And histrionic personality disorder, uh, things that go with it, um, it's okay if you find similarities here. Uh, this person has some sort of deep self-consciousness. Bingo. Um, they are overly warm, That's though, me. so that like this like weird no the sweetness. Oh no! Okay. Um, they're very gregarious, right? And she's like really that charming yeah, kind of yeah. thing that Harley Quinn has. Uh, they seek excitement. Okay. 
they have very positive emotions at times, like over the top happy. Right. They experience fantasies, they have extreme feelings, uh, and they have really deep trust suddenly. Hmm. So this idea that like the Joker's like, you know. Oh, like, like great. all the, re ignoring red flags to trust Exactly, yeah. and then also though that excitement seeking, to me that actually explains why a, a, she, in the beginning before she is this character, hmm. she seeks to go study the criminally insane. Mm, yeah. You know, like she's looking for people who behave yeah. in the way that she wants to behave. In some way it's already attractive to her whether she ex expresses that or not. That right, it, it, that over the top, I mean the people that are in Arkham are people who are also suffering from over the top yeah. uh, eccentricities. King Egghead. Yeah, exactly. Condiment Man. Condiment Man? Kite Man. Oh, Kite Man, yeah. Condiment Man is a real Is, a real is he? Guy. I don't know. Yeah, condiment. Oh yeah, look oh, it up. What's he do? In a book. He sprays condiments out. Out of? His cannons, condiment <laughs> cannons. <laughs> It's crater. Um, and then, uh, but also these people are very <laughs> flirtatious and seductive. Oh yeah. Harley Quinn, uh, and, and, and even Batman, you know, she tries to seduce at times, mm -hmm. but all, all kinds of people um, love to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, they wear specifically provocative clothes. I thought that was interesting because that kind of reframes the idea that, you know, a lot of people are like, look at this character of Harley Quinn, especially in Suicide Squad, and they're like, look at what she's wearing, like fishnets and this like daddy's little monster shirt, whatever. But her mental disorder would suggest she chose to wear yeah. those things. She yeah. doesn't have a costume designer. Mm -hmm. She wants to be all like kind of crazily dressed. Yeah. Um, same for you. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. You can you only see the top of this outfit. Oh God! <laughs> hubba hubba! Honka, honka. This is really interesting. Mm. These people put on uh, impressionistic speech patterns. Oh! So they speak in this weird, overly performative way where they change their voice. Mm. Obviously, Harley Quinn sounds like Mr. J. I'm going to rob a bank, Mr. J. I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm, gonna stop <laughs> I'm <this>. a baby. <laughs> Who robs banks? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she sounds like like this old timey yeah. kind of like the what do they call that accent that is the transatlantic, Trans yeah. right? It's a little hint of that mm -hmm. too in the high pitch thing. These people overestimate how intimate their relationship is, oh, uh, which again, she's clearly thinking that the, the Joker's the one, you know? Yeah, and like uh, that that would be an ideal mate. <laughs> it's like a murderous. yeah, and like to him, it's clear that she's just kind of like almost an assistant right. that maybe he sleeps with or something. And again, these things tend to be triggered, so she, her not having it until she meets the Joker and mm -hmm. is exposed to Arkham makes mm -hmm. total sense with this diagnosis. So bam, I definitely think she has that. Mm -hmm. And then this is the other one that I think you and Harley Quinn have. Um, it's called high bristophilia. Oh yeah, we definitely both have that. Yeah, you're in love with bristos. Um, so oh, bris I thought you were saying Brita. Like the water filters, because no. I can't get enough of those. Yeah. Thanks uh, to our sponsor Brita. Nope. Water, that's fresh. <laughs> so this is a sexual paraphilia. Oh wow. Yeah, you're already into it. I'm in. I know what one of those words means. <laughs> Paraphilia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in which an individual derives sexual arousal and pleasure from having a sex partner who's known to have committed an outrageous crime like uh, murder or armed robbery. It's like people that get married to guys and women in prison for life for murdering. People, like Charles exactly, Manson people that married. fall in love with Charles Manson or yeah. something. It's also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Oh, okay. And so I think she absolutely has this and it explains her attraction, mm -hmm. like her physical attraction beyond her obsession with characters like the Joker. The fact that she gets off on the idea that he's killing people and mm -hmm. committing crimes. So she definitely has hyperphilia. She definitely has histrionic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And I think she has BPD. And a lot of these fall under the general umbrella of 
being a psychopath. Yeah. So it makes sense that she's yeah. a psychopath. There seems to be a through line of narcissism in all of that too, though. Like, well, in all these characters, even Batman. Yeah. And oh, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Wow, that's fascinating. I really never would have thought to go that deep on Thank that. you. Yeah. So, speaking of this thing of like, you know, all sorts of people have these kinds of things yeah. and, and, you know, apparently are like psychopaths or whatever. Yeah. Um, earlier, <laughs> we had we had uh, Tommy <laughs> take a personality test. Oh, God. And we told him it was uh, just like a simple Myers-Briggs personality test uh-huh. where it's like INTJ, that kind of thing. Uh, it actually is a psychopath test. Yes! It's a lot like me. Uh, to yes. determine uh, if someone may or may not be a threat to others oh, and is boy. a psychopath. This is true. Tommy had yeah. no idea that this is a this psychopath is 100% test. True, yeah. Is this your test? This is my test. It says right. my name on it. Like so, a proud little boy. Like There's he, no stickers, he, so obviously I failed. He put his name in the corner. We forgot to put the date, so I no draw credit. draw sunshine in the corner, so yeah. you know, I took it seriously. All right, so uh, you can play along at home, yeah. and uh, you'll see as your answers compare <laughs> uh, to Tommy's, and then we'll find out if you or him are psychopaths. So the first question is, uh, most people would describe me as charming and nonchalant. I can turn my charm on and off. Tommy answered, this is a lot like me. (laughs) It feels so narcissistic (laughs) now. But I do think I try harder sometimes to be charming than not. And then then you just turn it off. (laughs) Yeah, and then I turn it off. When you leave the room, when you go off camera, you just just shut down. Uh, Number two, I do what I want when I want. The moment the impulse strikes me, regardless of what others want. Mm -hmm. Tommy said, this is a lot like me. I don't think that I understood the gravity of that question <laughs> because I am very impulsive. That is true. I think you can ask any of my friends. I am uh, irresponsibly impulsive. I don't know that it's like a selfish impulse, though. I still think I would like to help people. But uh, I, no, it's fine to do what you want, what no, you want. No, but like if you said, you help me move, and I was helping you move, and then someone said, like, we're going to the barcade, I wouldn't be like, sorry, <laughs> Philip. Move your own Luke Skywalker figures, you pervert. And then, well, because you want to help me, though. Yeah, because So I you're doing to- what you want when you want. Regardless of what others want. Yep. You said this is a lot like you. Number three. If something goes wrong or turns out badly, it's not my fault. You said this describes you somewhat. I've got a healthy relationship with assigning blame for things when they go wrong now. And it's that I'm never wrong. <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah. it's not your fault. Yeah. Right. Uh, number four. This surprised me. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble as an adult, like not just like a speeding ticket or parking ticket. You said not me. No. But is it because you thought we were going to submit this to the court or yeah. the police? Yeah, for sure. The closest I ever came to being arrested was I peed uh, in a um, stairwell in Boston and a police officer came up and was like, are you peeing in public? <laughs> and I just said, I didn't know you couldn't do that. <laughs> And I think that answer was so pathetic that he let me go. <laughs> like, He's like, no more pissing in my city. And I was like, you got it, officer. Well, he thought you just like can't control it. You're kind of yeah, like Yeah, yeah. I just looked at him and I was like, me pee everywhere. You purposely piss your pants a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little dribble. Big yeah. dribble. Uh, <laughs> That's not impressive that it's a bigger dribble. <laughs> big dribble, baby. Girls, <laughs> girls don't want a big dribble in your yeah, pants. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. All okay, right, some, agree some to girls disagree. Do. Some girls do. There's some dribble fanatics out there. No, I can tell on. where this is all going. Find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Number five. I am easily the best at what I do, bar none. No- oh, no! <laughs> nobody, what did I put for this? Nobody can take my place. Oh, that's not true. That's not what that says. <laughs> Nobody oh can my god, place. okay. Uh, you put, this describes me somewhat. Yeah, I think sometimes I'm the best at what I do. I don't know about the irreplaceable part. I think that, like a lot of human beings, and not to spread the boy, some of these questions, you know, you load the front. You read the front part, and then the second part tapers off. Like the, 
you don't need to explain it to me, buddy. I was always nice to you. You have always been nice to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not scared. That's true. You don't need to be scared. I would never hurt you here. Uh, <laughs> That's why I give you fake addresses. Uh, six, uh, I You don't do... live at 123 Candy Cane Lane? No. I- I'm starting to have trouble believing you on some of these answers because number six is, I have no problem or concern in line in order to get what I want. And you said this describes me somewhat. We've all lied. To get what we to want. To get what you want. And this yeah. is great. So I, I don't know I if mean, I can trust Hello, we live answers. in Los Angeles and we have resumes that say, like, I'm proficient in fencing and, like, water skiing. If you put me on water skis, the boat would go down. I would go down. The captain would take his life out of extreme sadness. There's there's yeah. no, like, like, I had an audition last week that I canceled because it was an Australian accent. And it was 11 pages of life. <laughs> I've never used an Australian accent in my life. And I'm sure at some point, like 12 years ago, when I filled out a casting thing, I was like, sure, Australian, <laughs> Irish, all the accents. Like, so yeah, I'm a liar. I'm a I'm bad, a, I'm a liar a and a cheat. Liar. And I get big drips in my pants. So. <laughs> big dribbles. Uh, all right, live in the moment is what I say. The future will take care of itself and learning from your past is pointless. Mm. You said this is a lot like me. Mm. I mean, ask all of my friends based on all of my ex-girlfriends. I do not learn and I continue to make the same mistake. Well, we can't ask them because we can't find your ex-girlfriends anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to find your camera. <laughs> so uh, we plugged these into the, the test. Uh, okay. The results of the psychopathy quiz. Yeah. Uh, and you scored a total of 13. Oh, great. Um, which is 0 to 12 is not no psychopathic tendencies. Oh, great. So you, you cleared the bar to having moderate psychopathic tendencies. Um, oh, my have, God. I think that's fair. You have superficial charm. Oh, yeah. That's for very true. Charm, and intelligence, but you're unreliable, untruthful, and insincere. Um, and you lack remorse or shame. Bingo, bango, bingo. Uh, and you uh, you do antisocial behavior without adequate motivation. Um, you have, yeah, this is all accurate, uh, by the yeah. way. I don't really have a... Um, a you're egocentrical. Yes. And you have an incapacity for love. Yes. Uh, you general poverty and major affective reactions. Yeah. Uh, loss of insight, unresponsive in general interpersonal relations. Sure. Your suicides are rarely carried out. <laughs> I would say never. I'm batting a thousand and not killing myself. Um, your sex life is impersonal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's trivial, usually anonymous. It's trivial and poorly integrated. Uh, okay, I, you said poorly performed. I would have said no. <laughs> no. Integrated, yes. Uh, and the last one is you have a failure to follow any life plan. Oh, yeah. That's, that's I mean, I would say that's 80% correct. Um, so, hey, it's okay. Now you know, and that's what's important. Yeah, yeah. Is that you're a moderate psychopath. That's true. So I think, you know, without being too heavy, I think, yeah, I think there are some weird, accurate things. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's your fault. It is. This it's is a fault. Are you reverse goodwill hunting? It's your fault. <laughs> it is. Hey, your fault. it's your fault. Okay. No, it's no, your fault. Not you. Not you. Not you. My wife is dead. And I killed her. <laughs> and I um, killed her. Uh, th- that was fascinating <laughs> that really was how you feeling yeah i mean phil those were some harsh uh, harsh truths to learn about myself but uh at least i doing it while drinking some beers with my good friend oh so, yes yeah actually speaking of mm-hmm. miller uh thanks so much to them for sponsoring this yes. this episode I actually need a fresh one yeah. guys miller time is the original version of social media uh before smartphones complicated things there was miller time there's something so simple and refreshing about 
friends getting to just connect with each other. Yeah, over learn the, about themselves. Yeah, <laughs> it's over the uh, original light beer. This yes. is like the OG. Yes. And we in Rockstars, we're in the business of making stuff for the internet, and we spend a lot of our time just obsessing over online research and all this kind of stuff and dealing with the digital versions of people. But it's nice to just connect with a friend over yeah. a delicious beer. So yeah. we really, uh, that's what this whole show has been. I don't know if you guys have, have seen every episode, but we purposely added alcohol because we wanted to show you guys a little bit more of just what our off-camera mm, relationships yeah. are yeah. like. Like on camera, <laughs> we're normally like... Well, we act like we don't like each other. And the fact of the matter is we go out to dinner all the time. We hang out. I mean, not as much as we should. You're very busy. And I uh, recently found out I'm a psychopath. So, <laughs> But I, but no, but like we really genuinely enjoy each other. And well, I would I, say... I remember that uh, I'm just thinking of, of like one of the first times I hung out with you, it was to buy you a drink. We had all kind of basically just been fired mm -hmm. from somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was like we were working on like such a cool project where mm -hmm. it was going to be like mm -hmm. SNL, but on, on YouTube mm -hmm. or whatnot and then I, I had to like let everybody go and it really sucked <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but you were all my friends yeah, too and then I, I saw you at the I.O. bar Yes. and I remember specifically I, I patted you on the back instead of buying you a drink Yes. and I asked you how you were doing and it, it didn't seem too bad no it was I mean like obviously look we've been able to keep a both a professional relationship and a genuine friendship since then so the uh, creator if you will of that job uh didn't last. It was yeah. It was just a gig, but our our friendship persists. Yeah, I don't like that you brought the crater part back. Yeah, well, that was a, <laughs> uh, an analogy for my butthole from earlier. So, friends should always come before followers. Here's to the original light beer, the original social media. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly, Tommy. Yes. As you know, you have tendencies. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> thank you to the Miller Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You gave me uh, a drink that I actually can drink because I'm healthy. It's 96 calories, hey. 3.2 carbs. Per 12 ounces. Couple health nuts like us drinking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Also, thank you to our other sponsor. It's AMC's Shutter. Uh, it's basically the Netflix version of horror movies. Mm. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and supernatural movies with no ads on a wide variety of devices for $5.99 a month. They've actually, I don't know if you use Shudder, they've got a ton of classic movies. Uh, horror movies are surprisingly hard to find mm -hmm. on uh, the other streaming yes, services. Agreed. Well, all of them are on here. They have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. They have Halloween. Uh, and they have newer stuff like Mandy and The Devil's Rejects and stuff. Mm. There's so much scary stuff on there. You could have nightmares for the rest of your life. That's great. And let me recommend a personal favorite of mine on that service, Ichi the Killer, available for a little smile on your face. Is that a creepy reference? There's a guy that has uh, his face cut open and he keeps it together by little hooks and then he pulls uh, them out and his jaw hinges uh, like a cobra. That's amazing. It's really fun. I mean, oh, I love horror movies. Uh, get started streaming with uh, the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes titles like the acclaimed um, Tigers Are Not Afraid. They also have One Cut of the Dead, um, Revenge, uh, which is great. And the acclaimed Creep Show TV show, if you if you remember oh, that yeah. TV series, Creep Show, uh, was produced by Greg Nicotero yes. from Walking Dead, uh, and that they have an all new series, The Dead Lands, that's also premiering this January. So anyway, to try Shutter for 30 days, go to Shutter.com and use our promo code Big Question. Please use that promo yes. code. Uh, we're big fans of them, and they've been helping us. That's uh, S H U D D E R dot com. Promo code big question and they give you 30 days for free of having nightmares every 30 night. days of sheer terror. Like a month vacation with me. Yeah. All terrifying. Tell me I've got some bite-sized questions for you. A little uh, I'm ready. Thank you. Mm. All right. Uh, all right. First question I have for you yes. is one that we uh, got sent recently on our Twitter. It's 
Uh, who is faster in a foot race, yes. me or you? Ooh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. uh, it's going to be close. It's close. Yeah. It's close if I, More if you falling. have to, well, <laughs> in this scenario, there's clones of each other. You're carrying my clone on your back <laughs> and I'm carrying your clone and it's a dead heat. We're both dead. We're both dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're both, all four of us are lying in a dead, pile. Yeah, it flies. Uh, Big puddles. Who's faster in a foot race, Captain America uh-huh. or Black Panther? Yeah, good old Steve Raj and T'Challa. Yes. Yes. Uh, this one is a very fascinating question, and it basically Thank boils you. down to my pleasure, my treasure. Uh, do you take scientific data, or do you take the old eye test? Because we've got both comic book and visual media to so- support our, our, our facts here. So in the movie Captain America, Winter Soldier, it's explained that Captain America ran 13 miles in 30 minutes. So that's a 25-second mile. For those of us not uh, doing do the math, so based on that, that would mean he could reach a top speed of 120 miles an hour. Holy so that's crap! That's said in the movie. Now in the comics, 120 miles per hour. It's insane. What else goes 120 miles per hour? A Ferrari, I think. Gosh. Maybe a Lamborghini. So in the comics, it's only ever been stated that he can run up to 60 miles an hour. So those are cold, hard, written down, or at least put on film facts. So 60 or 120. 60 or 120. Depending. Still very fast. Uh, based on that speed, that means his 100. Meter dash would be 1.52 seconds. Now, to put that in perspective, the fastest 100 meter dash in the real world is Usain Bolt in 2009, ran it in 9.8. So that seconds. is, yeah, that's a full eight seconds shorter than that. Okay. So that's the difference between and hmm, like that. Does that make sense? <laughs> Did that translate? I didn't Ladies. feel good about that. <laughs> I am a, uh, this is what a psychopath would do. Uh, anyway, so we have that written down. But when we see the movie Captain America Civil War, Black Panther easily yeah. runs past Captain America when they're both in a full sprint and he's running past cars. Now we can take the scientific footage and, and knowing where the movie was shot and where it was supposed to be, speed limit in that area is roughly 30 miles an hour. So it's like 50 kilometers an hour. So the cars, if we even say that they're all moving at the speed limit, which would be 30 miles an hour, the speed with which Black Panther runs from the end of one car to the front of it while it's in motion is super, super fast. He he does it in under a second. So we can calculate he's moving somewhere around 40 miles an hour. So based on their maximum sprinting speed, Captain America's is about 60, T'Challa's is about 38 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. So based on their... their, their top MPHs, their top miles per hour, you would say Captain America would probably win that race. But in that in scene... In the movie, the eye test, Black Panther clearly runs faster than Captain America. And if we're just taking the movie logic, that would mean that Black Panther can run faster than 120 miles an hour at his top speed. Which feels like he does, at least in the end of Yeah, absolutely. So I guess it's just you got to... It's the old eye test versus data like you keep what, saying the old but what are you referencing well, you know like people say like i like people who believe things that only believe literally things that they've seen before but like when like your doctor gives you like your blood test results mm-hmm. you're like well my eyes don't see yeah i don't see i just see i see the blood working fine we'll I, I can see the blood pouring all around no further questions <laughs> <laughs> no i guess yeah you know i guess it just depends i mean it, it appears as though in the movies t'challa is definitely faster Based on what we have in the comic books, Captain America is faster. And so maybe Cap wasn't running full sprint? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing because you have to take in, what, in that scene, Cap's protecting Bucky Barnes. They're being chased. Humans chase after an object. They can, they can achieve superhuman speeds, pursuing something. 
and based on observations in nature, when when creatures are being chased by a, by predators, when like a when like a, a rodent is being chased by a hawk, that rodent will run faster than what's expected or or what has been you know they'll they'll have supernatural speeds and abilities being chased. So and what's interesting is you did that research before we asked this question. That's true. I just knew this, that this psychopath. <laughs> I've been uh, thinking about chasing people. Uh, I don't know. New year, new me. I'm going to be a chaser. Yeah. Are you able to see that combination of what you've learned about yeah, yourself? Yeah. I like to chase people, and it appears I'll be faster when I do it. And the idea of being <laughs> Harder, faster, stronger is better for me. No one said harder. I did. I did. <laughs> oh, gosh. I hate it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the next bite-sized question, and I regret yes. calling them that now. <laughs> uh, this, this question came from us on Twitter, too. You can see uh, on screen who it came from. Uh, it's a very specific scenario. Mm -hmm. It's what would happen to the food that is inside of Ant-Man's stomach when he grows all big-like. Mm. And then this this person wanted to know, will he take a giant dump? Yeah. I mean, short answer is, hell yeah, he will. Uh, this is, again, though, some science that we can actually pull upon based on what we're ex has been explaining comics and movies. In the first Ant-Man, Hank Pym explains that what the Pym particles do is they actually increase or decrease the distance between atoms. So when he's getting bigger, the atomic distance is just like is just increasing. So everything's getting stretched out. But there's no more. He's not getting additional atoms. So like, the, the mass is the same. Yes, exactly. If Ant-Man were to eat a tiny crumb when he's little, if Ant-Man's this tall, that crumb would grow with the size of Ant-Man, but it would still only have the same nutritional value as that tiny crumb. So whatever state he's in, whatever the size or whatever the food he's ingesting, then it maintains that same nutritional properties. Now, when humans excrete waste, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, obviously the different things that you eat will impact, like, you know, how, how you get rid of waste. But, like, presumably... If he has a giant crumb in his stomach, he's going to have to get that out of his system. So that would be a big dump. I hate to be crass, but this is the question. Listen, I didn't ask it. I know it's gross. So, yeah, big man, big dumps, as Mean Gene Okerlund said in uh, the Andre the Giant documentary. I wish we could snip that out and just put that on your, like, business card. <laughs> big man, big dumps. So, yeah, so, like, the polite thing for him to do would be to get subatomic. It's super small. And then uh, do this little shoot that little poop out there and oh, then get back yeah. to normal size. No Any waste. of us would do that. Yeah. If I had that option of just like shrinking down Could to you something imagine? and just like Phil, leaving you a little me a tiny second? dump. Yeah. Did you just in? take a dump in no, the no, office? No, 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 no. It smells a little bad It's like Ant-Man meets Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, no, <laughs> Larry, where did you go? Nowhere. Oh man, I got a tiny little smear <laughs> on my jacket. Uh, now if he becomes giant man uh, yeah. and then and then like it, it breaks or whatever and he goes and takes one, does he take a little normal one that falls out or does he take what do a you, giant? Wait, I'm confused. If he's giant man at the yes. time, does it? It would it, be a mass. Also, yeah. So yeah. it's like a city block. Yeah, it would be you know like uh, like a comet heading towards Earth <laughs> because he throws it. Yeah. Gross, Tommy. Yeah, that is disgusting, and I apologize. Next bite-sized question. Yes. Yum yum yum. Yum. Uh, it comes from someone who wants to know uh, not only um, where Luke's lightsaber is right uh -huh. now in yeah. the narrative of Star Wars, uh. but also kind of just like, what's the path of that whole thing been? Uh. Where, wh what journey has yeah. it been on? Well, I actually have Luke Skywalker's lightsaber in my on my bookshelf. Naturally. Yes, uh, because at Comic-Con in 2015, there was a concert oh, uh, by John Williams where everyone got lightsabers, and I ended up being snuck into a party by a security guard that the cast of Force Awakens was with Mark Hamill there, and he left his lightsaber behind, and I stole it. So 
What? Mark, if you want it back, I got your lightsaber. No, uh -huh. this is this is it. on the psychopath test. You lied about being yeah, like a thief, and everybody sure. else said you were a liar. Bing bang boom! Huh? I'm not anything I didn't say I was. Oh, uh, you take big dumps. Well, I take big dumps. I buy drugs from babies, and I got Mark Hamill's <laughs> lightsaber. Put it on my gravestone. I steal from Mark Hamill. That's the one that he brought. No, no, no. He got so he left it there, and I waited a solid amount of time before I took it. But he left it there. And then left the party, and it was like a little souvenir they got at the end of the concert. So I have no way of proving this. Like, I could show you a green, it's a toy lightsaber. It's like a plastic little collapsible thing. I could just tell you that that was that, and you would have to either believe me, which would be a mistake, or trust me. <laughs> As I've learned. Okay, so anyway. Neither that, version of this is good now, for you. Now that I've name dropped and just told a story that's basically bragging about my life, uh, let me tell you the, the <laughs> That real is answer. not a positive story yeah, about yeah, you, yeah. my friend. I lie, cheat, and steal. No, it's a good. cool souvenir. It's a cool Star Wars souvenir that I stole without and any right And your Australian to. accent sucks. Oh, I take offense to that. That's not bad. Thank you. Okay, so, okay, now for the real answer. So in the movie, let's track the lightsaber's progression. Yes. It first leaves its original owner, Anakin Skywalker, on Mustafar during his battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Slicey, slicey, lightsaber goes somewhere. Obi-Wan takes it. Brings it into onto Tatooine where it hides with him for about 20 years. And keeps it in that thing and then uh, Luke puts his eye in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks at it real close. Uh, so until Luke Skywalker comes and Obi-Wan gives it to Luke. Now Luke then uses that lightsaber to battle his father Darth Vader, formerly Anakin Skywalker, until Anakin in a role reversal slices Luke's arm off. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. Right about here. And the lightsaber tumbles into a vent event system, I think, or event shaft on Cloud, uh, Cloud City. So, at that point, it's a little murky, but from the actual Star Wars site, the actual StarWars.com site, it said that a scavenger picked up the lightsaber. Chilling on a cloud. Just hanging out. <laughs> it's like one of those Cloud Koopas from Mario. <laughs> yeah. Fishes it out with his fishing pole. No, uh, a scavenger picks it up and then sells it to Maz Kanata, who's known to collect Jedi artifacts and curiosities. Uh. So... Maz Kanata's planet is called Takadon. Takadona? Takadona, maybe? Takadona. Yeah. Takadona is near Bespin, Cloud City. So it does make sense that if she was, you know, it's relatively within an area where she lives and operates, she could be buying things specific. So it would make sense that that would come across her desk. Well, so, she's like a collector. She has she's all got those money. flags yeah. of the exactly. pod races. So she's, whatnot. you know, it's like, an, it's like a big player in the antique market like obviously someone who has a lightsaber is right. going to try and bring it there to get the most money well she also is force sensitive too so right. maybe she like maybe it, was it could call to out her. to her yeah absolutely so then may, uh, when they when uh when han ray finn and uh and and the gang go to see maz Kanata, the lightsaber calls out to ray but if you remember she initially rejects it so for a brief time it's wielded by finn who we learn in Rise of Skywalker is Force-sensitive, but we don't get to pursue that very much because it just wasn't sexy enough for Disney. Just kidding, we can cut that. So then Rey does the right thing and returns it to Luke Skywalker on Octu, and he does the respectful, appropriate, gracious thing and throws it off a cliff. To be fair, he was trying to get rid of it at Cloud City. That's true. He's, trying to He's been trying to ditch that thing yeah. for a while. He doesn't <laughs> like to have his dad's things. So then Rey herself banishes herself to Octu after in the events of Rise of Skywalker where she meets Luke's force ghost who then returns that lightsaber and also Leia's lightsaber right and that's the two lightsabers that Ben Solo and Rey used to defeat the Emperor and then Rey buries it in the sand where we presume it'll stay forever, forever. and definitely won't be found by Jawas whose entire life and ecosystem or not ecosystem economy is based on scavenging and finding relics right. and selling them for trade 
They're sorry, also like this deep, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're like they're like a foot and a half deep. Wind. <laughs> yeah, up. wind may uncover them as yeah. well. Or that old lady that said, "What's your last name?" <laughs> yeah. I saw very, what you put in there. Which is very nosy. Were those lightsabers? <laughs> yeah. What's your last name? <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. All right. So, and that's where they are as of right now. So as of right now, they're in the sands of Tatooine. And if it's Mark Hamill's, it's one, and, two, three, Mar- candy cane lane. That's right. And I, I live with Eric Voss <laughs> in an inflatable house in a bounce castle on one, two, <laughs> yeah. three, candy cane lane. Great. Hey, good job. You answered the question. Thank and, you. And, and they were researched. I feel, I'm proud of you. I you feel did great homework. about it. And they're all honest. And I would never lie. And lying isn't a thing that I like to do. Uh, guys, this has been really fun. This yes. is uh, Tommy Bechtold, uh, guesting much. and filling in for Eric Boss. Yes. Thank you so much for answering so, your questions. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Hey, cheers, dude. Uh, I hope to have you back uh, in my life at yeah. some point. Well, once yeah. we get the lawyers to settle everything, I'll be uh, contacting you informally. Yeah. You can Ashley expect to see you. a lot of me. Okay. Oh, so, uh, uh, guys, uh, make sure to listen to Big Question as a podcast, too. You can uh, download the podcast everywhere you get those. Mm. Uh, and make sure to just follow the channel everywhere on Twitter and at, at, uh, on Instagram and whatnot. You can find out what videos are coming out when. Uh, and then also make sure to follow Tommy Bechtold. Where can we find you? You can find me on all platforms at Tommy Bechtold. Wow. And I'm Philip Molina. You can find me at Philip Molina on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, but definitely make sure to mail us at the mailbag and send in your questions. And sometime soon we'll get drunk and share too much information about your question. Mm-hmm. See ya. Cheers. Bye.